You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk. Hello. How are you today? How do I look? You look like you got a towel on your face. <laughs> and a towel on my body. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hot today, so we are... <laughs> We have to, t- for you listeners, we have to turn our ceiling fan off. Otherwise, you would all you would hear is the ceiling fan, the entire podcast. So when we start recording, and I've noticed this, I watch a lot of YouTube videos of YouTubers, and they say, oh, now it's time to record my daily thing. I have to turn my air conditioner and everything off. So you, you can see them. They're, they're super uncomfortable. Like towards the end of the video, they're like, God, I wish this would be over so I can get cool. So, um, yeah, we turn our fan off. Why is it? What's the temperature in this room right now? 91. There we go. Degrees F. F is right. It's yeah. fucking hot. <laughs> that's a, there you go. There's your F word for the day. So I that's w- not all we're going to talk about. Nephew said to me, because I asked him if he slept well, were you hot? And he goes, is that all you're going to talk about? And I was like, oh my God, I'm one of those people. But yeah, when I'm uncomfortable, seriously, not just like, hey, is it hot enough for you? I am not happy, but... As we were discussing before the after the show the discussion was experimenting with the electric bill. I want to see after a whole month of June on a hot month what the difference actually is. Because, you know, um, about being a bit better to the environment as well. People sure. who use air conditioners like, you know, like the candy. Like we did. Yeah. Um, it is harmful. And it really does drain on an electricity grid, doesn't it, in the summer? They even have to, like, they have places where they have to like say oh you can't use your air conditioner between these times and i don't know about that i can't really tell people that because what if you're old or sick or you got children you I don't, can't have them suffer i don't know how was our how is our electricity produced in this area is it nuke or is it coal mm-hmm. we have a nuclear power plant which is terrible it's not terrible it's fine unless something goes wrong <laughs> i mean it's not a good thing to have in the world is it what more do, i'm not doing this for the environment by the way I'm just doing I'm it for saying, my own you checking can all, account. Like, I, I, <laughs> I don't want anybody to think I'm being all noble and shit. I was actually I'm not. reading a, a website the other day about keeping your house cool naturally because there are people mm-hmm. who, of course, don't want to. Uh, spe- you know, my use mother that. hates air conditioning. I mean, right. hates it. She'd rather be miserable. allergy. People who have allergies. Air conditioning is like if it's not vent, not properly. It depends. Filtered, it's depends terrible. on your allergies. Some people yeah. say they can't stand it without it. Mm-hmm. Because then they just can't suffer through the summer, and some people say that causes them more problems. But but anyway, you probably all. Uh, <laughs> I I saw this yesterday on Twitter. Somebody said, "Oh, it's 80, 85 degrees today, so hot." And another get replied, uh, "Don't even talk to me. I live in Africa." <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know? <laughs> yeah, someone's always, so there's always be somebody hotter, hotter, than, hotter you. than you. Yeah, so, that's uh, why I'm sitting here with a wet washcloth on my face. I have a towel on, no clothes. I'm as close to naked as you're gonna get me. On this podcast, <laughs> the naked. There is no the video version. <laughs> oh no, thank God, because mm-hmm. I've pretty much. Uh, ugh. All right, so it is. Uh, forgetting the hotness, it is. Well, actually, this movie's the hotness. It's Saturday, <laughs> June. God. It's Saturday, June the eleventh. This is after the show uh, four hundred and thirty-one. The movie we're looking at this week is Ten Cloverfield Lane. It's a two thousand and sixteen movie released on Blu-ray. This upcoming Tuesday, June the 14th, you can pick it up. It's PG-13 from our friends at Paramount. We looked at the Blu-ray. And uh, Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. 
It is... A dude has some people sort of held hostage in a bunker and claims that something terrible has happened to the outside world and convinces them, or attempts to convince them, that they're safer with him, but he's actually quite terrifying. That's it. The tagline to the movie is... <laughs> it's on the box. I, and I, I thought it was quite a good tagline. Where is the box? I don't know. It's dark in here. We've also turned off all the lights. Because the lights are too bright. <laughs> and we don't want to uh, add... We've also got... We've both got dual monitors, so we've got one monitor on each side off. So the it's really dark. Is, Monsters come in many forms. Couldn't we just remember that? I couldn't remember it. That's the why. Old That's man. why I told Which is a good tagline considering the Cl- Cloverfield, mm-hmm. a film from a while ago that you didn't like. I didn't dislike. I didn't like the shakiness as much. Yeah, it was like a it was like a found footage movie. I kind of liked I actually it. I didn't dislike it. I, I thought loved, you didn't. If no, we go back and listen I to the, the story. Yeah. But the shaky cam thing is just obnoxious. It was just of its time, wasn't it? It might be even difficult to go back and watch it because it was very. It but was I mean, good think for about its time. the beasts and the aliens were good. And yeah, everything. it was. There was the ending of it particularly was really cool. Um, but it, this is a. It's in the same universe, but let's not call it a sequel to it because, if you're going in expecting that kind of movie, it's, this is a different thing altogether, which I really appreciated. It's so, essentially just another story happening when the big event of that story happens. That's yeah, all. That's the, all it is. Yeah, that's what it is. And that's the link between them. There are links between them. I was just reading the trivia to this movie. There are... Spoiler alert. ...logos that are the same in both worlds. There are radio conversations that are the same in both films. There's, there's things... Where she hears them. Yeah. Yep. There's things in it to tie them together. But what J.J. Abrams, the producer of this movie, has said is the third movie of this thing will m- there'll be a more direct link between this one and the first one sure. the third one will tell you about that so um i love this movie i thought I it was tell. i thought it was um i didn't know what to expect i was expecting monster dinosaur running around whatever it was what was it and it was like alien a, yeah but it was like a big it was like godzilla type deal wasn't it big I was expecting that kind of big disaster movie, that type of thing. This is not that movie. You really expected that? No, not at all. I was expecting a big, um, like, a a San Andreas or some big action-packed thing. Not even close. I was expecting a very small, independent feeling. See, and I didn't even have any uh, inkling towards it. I had no inkling about it. I just felt that by the name of it and the cover of the box. But that's what made it really good, I thought, because this movie is intense the entire time. Like, you don't know what's happening. Like... Can, well, you, the thing is, though, if you've seen Cloverfield, and we know they're linked, yeah. which I hate that thing where you have to rely on another movie, but in this case, if you've seen Cloverfield, you actually know that it's, part of the story. If you've never seen Cloverfield, and you start from this guy telling her everything, that adds to your question mark. But if you've seen it, then it adds a whole other dimension, because you actually know what's going on in the world. Versus relying on what this guy's telling her, so yeah. that to me changes it. So let's talk it's not, I wasn't sitting there going, "Oh, is he is he full of shit? Is he is he just trying to scare her? Is he delusional? Are we not talking about the same world?" But I knew it was. I've already well, let me you, uh, tell me all mention about spoilers it. here. Because, yeah, spoilers. Because you'll definitely if you talk about this movie, you're going to spoil it. So go and watch it on Tuesday. And watch Cloverfield yeah. and then watch this one. Right. So 
interestingly enough, what I thought about this movie is, if you have seen Cloverfield, it's a different experience. But if you haven't seen Cloverfield, it absolutely works too. Yeah. Um, on that's both. What that's what I said. But because there are really this is there's some subtle things in the movie that like uh, like at the beginning where she's doing a it's it's very quiet at the beginning of the movie. You can't actually hear the dialogue, or you know, it's it's just showing you getting ready and getting in the car and stuff. But there's like you hear a rumble in the background, mm-hmm. you see a tremor. It's obvious something's not right. But as a Cloverfield viewer, you're like, okay, that thing's happening. What we've seen, that's what I was thinking. You know, it's, it, we're seeing the big events happening somewhere over there. And this is just happening in someone's life, right? And she's doing something in her life as well. Um, but if you're not a, didn't know Cloverfield, you would just it would feel off kilter, but it still works hundred percent. I think the whole movie works, which is cool. It's cool because I like a movie like you said. You don't like it to have to rely on an, another hmm. one. I don't think this does. Like you could come to this fresh and still, it's a great thriller. That's what it is. It's a really good thriller. Almost. It's more ho- of a thriller if you have not seen Cloverfield. Yeah, almost horror in part. Like, sc- sure. Like, scary like dark like when she's at first when she wakes up and she's you know got that yep. weird leg brace on and she's uh, handcuffed to the pipe I was like this is almost hostile some shit's going down here what is this is this a serial killer's basement is this you know really jump to all those conclusions I, I thought I jumped to lots of conclusions <laughs> I jumped to, is there a serial killer here have aliens took her is she in some weird are they experimenting? What's uh, there's all kinds of things coming to my mind. I've been seeing Cloverfield, um, so there are lots of things. What I really like about this movie too is um, the guy, John Goodman, who plays Howard. He is a doomsday prepper kind of guy, so he's he was ready for whatever mm-hmm. was going down, and he's he's in his little basement uh, what bunker. You call it? Bunker, and it's not a little. <laughs> yeah, and it's, he is, it's well he is done. Very prepared. He's very prepared. Yeah, he's he's got food, he's got everything. It's of the times because that's a big thing right now, amongst a lot of. Public. Yeah, it's not out of the question for that time. Of course. So, well, what are you talking about? Somebody having a bunker and <laughs> oh, I thought you meant I'm being thing ready, that completely ready for their family to be fine down mm-hmm. there. So, it's cool. This place, this bunkers, and this guy, and you don't know what to think. He seems alright, but no, because there's something he does at the beginning, you know. Yep. That you know that it's clear that that happened when it when you see it, like so. And then you're like, is he is he actually being alright? But it you know it starts to go down this rabbit hole fast, really. But see, I don't think that way because I instantly my first thought was, we know what's really happening in this world at this time. This guy is the guy. Who's waiting for an excuse to put his little prepper plan into well, place? Right, right. That's all, and then that comes with a certain element of psychoticness. Yeah, and I had so a moment. So I was prepared for whatever. Well, I had a moment of that exact thing. I th- I actually thought at one point that the Cloverfield incident had happened, not even near this place, and it was just an individual incident that's just. And this guy is taking advantage of that incident. Yeah, sure. I, I, that's what I thought in the middle of the movie. I was like, okay, there's nothing wrong with this area he's in. And, I get and, it, and it's all been contained, but he is taking advantage of it to get people down into his bunker to do whatever he wants to do to them. Which turns out 
he just I don't really <laughs> don't have enough spoilers. No, he I seem, mean don't have more spoilers. I mean, he seems I don't know his ultimate plan with the people, what he wants to do with them. I I think the guy had him pegged. He wants was, a family. I thought it was really fucking creepy. Though, but that's all he wants. When he uh, shaved yep. his face. And he, he had nice clothes on all of a sudden. That was just, that was the moment where I was like, this guy is fucked. Like, and I don't really know what's going to happen to you now. Now he's reached this point. Like, he, he, he kind of goes through different phases. And when he gets really mad... You know, I'm not a massive John Goodman nope, fan. me um, either. But in this movie, he was yeah, great. It's convincing. Yeah. And the moment where they... There's a really awesome scene where they sat around the dinner table. And the two hostages, you could call them, are... Uh, Kind of hatching out of a plan, a plan together, kind of communicating with each other about, like, this guy's a nutcase, let's try and figure out a way out of it. And he is obviously not an idiot, and he's picking up on it. And the whole that whole thing is just, it's so tense, like, because she's trying to nick his keys, right, to get out. But um, the looks on his face, you can see, I, I know what you're doing. I mean, we have all the tropes of a hostage movie. Yeah. Is that the guy has the only keys... He's tooled up. He's weaponed up. He's he's more clever than you want to give him credit for. And he's trying to outthink everybody. And so the plan has to be to get those keys to get to the door, to get out. I mean, it's not a new thing. But then there's the whole layer of, is it really radiation outside? Can you really He didn't out? say it was radiation. He just said it was... Oh, whatever it is was... that you can't be outside. Yeah. Well, he did say radiation at the beginning. He said no, that. he said it could be anything. He didn't know, right. but he knows the air is bad. That was his theory. Bad air. Just eat you up or whatever. Because there are some pigs outside the door that have decomposed in some way. But, but I'm not been convinced. Anything. They could yeah. have just died and decomposed right now. I have a feeling. Or he went out and saw Correct. them Correct. Um, there are many... There's a lot of evidence if you were the person in there when you see all this stuff that, oh, he's actually legit. This is I would never think he's legitimate. Not even for a second. Not from but, any of the evidence. Not even the... Not even that. I would think that's somebody he... Settled. Yeah. Yep. So I would never buy it. I would always want to get out. I would never sit there and let somebody convince me. I just I wouldn't be that person. And I like that our main character lady is also that Michelle. Way. Yeah. Yeah, she is smart and never, never really... She never falls for his shit. There's one Fully, moment no. where she is sympathetic towards him. I see, like mm-hmm. her face starts thinking, like you know, it's it's kind of sad what's got what, how you know him as a person, but it doesn't last very long, on her, does it? <laughs> she there's a moment where she's like, I can see inside him, and he is, because you can't be, you can't let anybody convince you of anything like that. You just can't. You can't sit here and listen to the news about the world, and be convinced that all the news you're hearing without seeing any of the world. Is accurate. If right. someone, if we were to turn on CNN right now and somebody, and there was a story about some big shit going on, I'd be like, okay, well, we'll have to wait and see if that's real because I don't know yet, don't know the facts. So that's always going to be my mind. Cynical. He'd have to keep me drugged up and in the basement, locked up all the time because I would, I would be like, I would rather die and be wrong, obviously, about what's going on out there than to sit here and live. And be brainwashed by somebody convincing me of what's going on. I need to see it for myself. And if I survive, I do. If I don't, that's fine. And I think a lot... Why this film's so suspenseful? There are lots of moments where you're on the edge of your seat going, Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Don't, you know, get away, get away, or don't get away, or... I hope this plan goes 
it's it's all very crowd pleasy type. Like, yep. You know, people be cheering and it's very tangible. And, yep. Um, and always it's like that. It never once was boring. It's like um, it's it, it's like this, like a like a line that you're walking down, and these tiny bits of information that she's getting are coming to her. Like when she meets Emmett, and he starts telling her a few stories about mm-hmm. Howard, and then she you can see it all coming together in her mind, and she has a plan of her own. And there's even a mo- there's even you know the moment where there where it shows you time passing and they're actually having fun together right. and like just living life together because they're in you know they're in there and they have to play Monopoly and do a jigsaw and there's moments of all that stuff there's even some funniness in those parts when they, they and then there's a part where they're playing what, what's that game they're playing with the cats it's like charades but no charades right and then you you just start to see inside Howard's mind like from his answers when he can't call her a woman correct and it's that was creepy. Because the, the clue is little women. And the, and Emmett keeps saying... Well, no, the answer is little women. Yeah, Emmett's saying, like, well, it's like Michelle. And he's like, little girl? Uh, girl? He's like, no, she's older. He's like, older? So he's like, a... little princess? So that's kind of... <laughs> yeah, so... But then that thing, you know, we have to... where It's alluded to that he's had a daughter, but did he? Yeah, so we exactly. don't know. Yeah. It's creepy as shit. And the end of the movie... You More know. spoilers alerts. Yeah, I've said it. This is a spoiler, a spoiler alert. Was even, like, I was thinking, I'm satisfied with what goes on here. There's a barrel of thing, and there's a, yeah. you know, and we, maybe the monster, you know, the monster, she deals with a monster. I'm satisfied with that, actually. But then she comes out of the I place. wasn't. I needed the, I needed it to come around. The, the end part was just like, I didn't expect that. I thought we were pretty much done. And all that stuff started to happen, and I was like, wow, this is... And, and I know that that's what they wanted you to go, well... You were probably thinking, well, the whole thing's this. Me? No, I mean, as oh. an audience, that you were, you're thinking, the whole thing's this bunker, and when this bunker's over with, the film's over with. But it isn't, actually. There's bigger peril than the bunker. And the end part was handled really well, I thought. Obviously, it's still on a small scale. It's all set in this in this very small area. But... It was impressive. It got a little Independence Day there for a minute. It's a little bit too wacky, even though it's all wacky, but it's a little bit too much with the... That's like, I mean, uh, I mean, they... Why'd you have to go the really cheap route They made that? a really... To- like, like she may be a bit too badass at the end, I, I, yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it's one of those... Um, but still, I. it was a crowd pleaser for me when she did that. I was excited that she did it. And then, you know, there's a whole... The special She's effects as well. and the noises and everything in that whole scene—it's real. It's everything suspenseful, dramatic. That movie Skyline that we saw—it mm-hmm. reminded me of that a bit. City, at the end. I was going to say City Skyline, but that's not it. Yeah, that's it reminded game. me of the, that kind of vibe. Like we don't really or, know uh, what this a, is. A LA Attack or something like that. Yeah, a, yeah, I know which one you yeah. mean. Yeah, both of those had the uh, you know the thing where it's like it, this is what's happening, but yeah. the story we're telling isn't that. It's like yeah peripherally yeah so um is there anything more we can you like to say about this movie because i i i think it is a fine very entertaining well made i buy it all except for that one little bit but then you have to just go there and think i don't know i don't know i don't know what i'd do in that situation so i have to just buy into it but the rest of it because it's grounded yeah i I think that's what it is because it's not over the top I mean, the ending might be over the top. I mean, it's really shitty luck. 
Yeah. If the guy who wants to save you is a fucking psychopath, right? That's really bad luck. If the guy who wants to save you from the end of the world, which is what we're talking about here, is the craziest jerk-off ever... I'm not, and then that's like doom. It's like zombie world, right? There's no way out of that. Yeah. But all you had to do was like keep him sweet, and you'd be safe. But then, you know, how long would you stay there? Forever, as far as he's concerned. I think, I think they would have found you anyway. They're not stupid. No. So um, the cast here, and it's a very small cast because it's a very confined movie. Uh, our heroine, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, plays Michelle. Awesome, awesome. I love awesome. her in, in in Scott Pilgrim. She's like I could watch Scott Pilgrim because of her. She's amazing in it. Um, I think she's just awesome. She's I'm compelling. I'm watching every move of her face and every move of her body. And, that, and that's like, what this movie kind of thrives on. Yep. Like she doesn't speak tons. Like they said, she she's there. There are there are yeah. but there's a lot of her being scared, and the bit where she crawls through the vents. There's never she's the just same. On her own. It's never the same over and over where you see a lot of what like, <laughs> Yeah, none no, of that. It's, it's very that. different. I'm convinced immediately that she's a capable but I can read a face at the same time. When she's thinking sometimes she's thinking of something, like an idea like she's like looking You assume. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, and there's there are moments where I was like, Oh yeah, she's 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 just figuring something out. And you, she doesn't say nothing, but you, you figure that oh, she's doing something there. Like, even the smallest things that she's doing, like the dressmaking, you know. This, this skill, she's like a, she's like her own little doomsday prepper doing that, isn't she? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Only under duress. <laughs> but yeah, she is really fantastic in this movie. It's, uh, it's, it's all about. Well, there's three people in the movie. It hinges on her, cause I, yeah. uh, we'll get to him. But I'm not a fan of John. John Goodman is our. Uh, enemy here. He plays Howard. I don't find him as interesting or compelling. I found him... I thought he was a great choice for He this. does a, a fine job, but I also feel like... I mean, watch John Goodman his whole... My whole grown-up life. His whole grown-up life. Probably not that much different in age. Maybe ten him. years or I've so. I've never really watched him in a lot but of he, stuff. Um, Big Lebowski. The, what is him... Which is an aging, very overweight, very stumbly, and you can tell as a person, he's in pain all the time, he's always sitting and leaning, and he's always kind of propping himself yeah, up. Yeah, he doesn't And seem... he continues that a little bit in the movie. So even knowing that, unfortunately, that carries over, and I don't feel like he's a formidable foe. I feel like, other than trying to outthink you. Apart from he's smart, yeah. But other than that, I think between the two young people, they could have easily overpowered. Take, yeah, I, I, that was one of my main problems, and I'm not. I feel like he. Yeah, but Emma had a bad arm and she had a bad leg. That was on purpose, I assume, to so they're not as true, powerful I, as they could but be. But the thing is, I was still convinced if they put together the uh, good enough. I believe plan. that was a question when they wrote the script. The question yeah, is, two young yeah. people could easily <laughs> take him. So yeah, no, she has to have this. But I'm not convinced that even no, yeah. that they're even disabled enough. But um, I just can't get myself to not think of him as John Goodman. I think he's. Well, he scared he, the crap out of me in this he movie. He got a, a little of times. scary, but he didn't scare yeah. me. I mean, he got a little scary, as in it, I've I've been around a dude who has that the switch gets flicked, and all of a sudden you're looking at like murderous eyes, and they start saying crazy shit. So that's real, but I don't buy it from him. 
So I just think he's a goofball, and he kind of... He is a funny man, isn't he, obviously? <laughs> kind of, Even, even on the behind-the-scenes stuff, he, he, he's, he always adds a bit of humour into his... So I bought that he would be the prepper guy, and I bought that he would be kind of psychotic and twisted and weird and sort of sexually perverse, maybe. We don't ever know. But as far as somebody who could pull all this off, I'm not, I wasn't convinced. So that kind of left me a little bit of a loophole. But her interacting with him and Emmett interacting with him, it made him better. Yeah. So, so then, I, his little, then his little diatribe things that he would go on and on about. Then I'd be like, okay, now the director's just loving John Goodman and letting him do his thing. And that was less impressive. Um, I personally don't. I really thought he was a good choice for this. He uh, scared me. A kind of his kind of like out of breathy kind of almost. He's almost. Yeah, but that lead you to be like the, <laughs> he's not capable of pulling this off. Right, but but the smarts maybe like like when he brings that. Yeah, but you know he knows depends. things like he was a satellite person. Right? I don't know. Well, we don't know that. He only said that because he said it. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming it was. How, but you this, can't assume. You can't assume anything. We're only getting information uh, from him. And then finally, the third person in the movie is John Gallagher Jr. He plays Emmett. I don't actually know him. No, he's, he's really good. Yeah. I mean, I was... At first, I'm a little like, oh. But I, by the time we hear his story, you know, and then the interaction between the two of them, I was convinced he could be the hero guy as well as her. He just hadn't really given it that much thought. And now she's sort of, you know, getting in his mind, like, what are, what are we doing, you know? I like the idea of that he wasn't taken in. Yeah. That he, he's a guy who helped build the shelter, like a contractor. But just so, like, yeah, we've been building this bunker because he's crazy. But when shit went crazy. down, he went and banged on his door. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, well, there's a good place to go. I built his thing, and, you know, he's obviously prepared. So, uh, yeah, that was a good thing in the in the uh, script there. So, uh, this is directed by Dan Trachtenberg. Um, you won't know this director, probably. I feel like I know him because there's a podcast oh, wait, on the uh, in, <sighs> oh there was a podcast on the internet it's gone now it used to be called the Totally Rad Show it was actually a video thing on Revision 3 and uh, it was hosted by um, Dan Trachtenberg and Alex Albrecht and the other guy who I forget his name <laughs> Kevin Rose? no I know who you're talking yeah, about yeah the, the yeah. black haired one but they those three hosted a show which was a movie review game review show every week and I watched every episode of it and there's about 300 episodes so I feel like I know Dan because I've heard him talk so much and when they finished the Totally Rad show the reason they finished was Dan wanted to go and pursue his directing and Alex Albrecht wanted to pursue a company that he was getting involved with so Dan has not made a film before he's made a, like a, a fan film I feel like it was a really good, directed, well-directed... Yeah, I do, too. Very well-directed. And a lot of that is what you get out of the people. Yeah. And getting, you know... Yeah, and, I, it, you know, it's this guy's first film. He's, he's not particularly old. He's, like, 35 or something. Um, but I was... When, when I heard that he was making a film with J.J. Uh, Abrams, I was like... He, so he went from, like, not making a film at all to... J.J. Abrams noticing him. Okay, that's pretty much... Look, that's big luck, isn't it, for that to happen? Not necessarily. 
You wouldn't just sit around waiting for that to happen. (laughs) I'm sure he made it happen. But Dan Trachtenberg, um, as a director, I would really like to see other things because he has also a a style about it. There's a style about this film. It's like a... By design, though, it's a claustrophobic, scary film. Everything about it is kind of like aimed at pulling at your scare muscle, let's say. Because even the music, the score... When it starts, like I say, it's all quiet, but with that score over the top of it, it feels ominous immediately. Like, oh, this is not good. Like, n- nothing's good. Nothing good is going to happen here, which, which it really doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. um, and this movie has this tone about it that is like that, which I loved about it. I think this movie is... I didn't love the original Cloverfield. I, I thought I liked it as a spectacle kind of thing, but this movie's like a hundred times better for me. It's like... I know it, you can't really compare them because they're not the same type of movie even. But We're telling the same story, but from different angles. So yeah. I think that's but this fair. is just so well made and so none of that shaky camera. It's just a good looking movie. There was a little bit because I think that was a throwback. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't question you if you said to if you said to me JJ Abrams directed this movie. I wouldn't question that either. Like it is I would. It, I think this guy did a better job than JJ Abrams would have. <laughs> well for a Seriously. Yeah, I, well, you don't like J.J. Abrams. So. <laughs> not, but, but The Force Awakens usually. was great. Yeah, right? it was good. So J.J. can make a good movie. Um, but I wouldn't... If you'd have said this was directed by J.J. Abrams, I wouldn't have questioned that. So that's how good Dan Trachtenberg did. I would have. I don't think he can hold himself back the way this guy does. <laughs> I really don't. I think that's what J.J. Abrams appreciated. You know when he J.J. said... J.J. Abrams is a big freaking show Yeah, you know when J.J. Abrams on the extras said, uh, we got this guy, Dan Trachtenberg, and I really appreciate how he is... Like how he collaborates. And he's focused. I think that might be a, something that he can't do as well. Because like, he's like, this is how, yeah. This is well, how I, I do it, yeah. You know, lens flares. Fuck. <laughs> so, um, extras on the Blu ray. And there are, I didn't think there were many because what we, every week when we look at Blu ray extras, is often featurettes. And, and when you, when it comes down to featurettes, what that actually is, is, um, Nothing really. It's a trailer, like over <laughs> lately, and over again. Sometimes. Lately, it has been. Yeah. yeah. Well, this says it's got a bunch of featurettes, and that's all the extras are featurettes. And it says play all. And if you play them all, the featurettes actually act as a making of this movie. Yeah. It does everything. It covers costuming. It covers uh, music. Music. It covers special effects, which, they, which they did in house at Bad Robot. Which is, I, I thought, that is cool to be able to make your movie yourself. Yeah. Like. Not have to go to ILM or anything. Just make it in your own house, like. And this movie is a bad robot thing. They did the whole thing themselves. Like it's not. They didn't go out of house to make special effects or anything. Um, so yeah, these extras are pretty good. I, I actually thought it was going to be crap, but then as I got into it, I was like, yeah, this is a decent thirty-five minute making of. And then there's a actually a director's commentary with Dan Trachtenberg and J.J. Abrams, which I can't wait to listen to. I think that will. Uh, put the icing on top of this film for me um, so um, conclusion on uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane what do you think I said I really enjoyed it is it uh, two thumbs up <laughs> uh, not this moment because I'm too hot to put my thumbs up but I would say also my word for the movie out of my five words to choose from and it doesn't sound right but it's sort of action packed but in a different kind of action way that thing you're talking about, the tension, the 
that feeling that something's happening. Yeah. And something will happen at any moment. That's the kind of action. So that's the word. You know, when they have those like quotes on the back of the box and they're always, well, the one on the back of the box is riveting, gripping and loaded with tension. And I actually agree with that one. I know. What kind of a quote is that? (laughs) Uh, No, it's a quote that actually perfectly explains this movie. And it also has a picture of her on the back in a shower curtain um, outfit, (laughs) which is really cool. You'll be seeing that at some cosplay. um, I would like to see an action figure of it. Yeah. She makes a has, hazmat suit. They'll watch it. A self. They'll let them watch it. No, we've had... What do you think of spoils. it? I think this was a, an amazing movie. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was because I was going, well, you know, Cloverfield, it doesn't mean much to me. I watched it back in but the even day. But the, even the title tells you it's about an address. Yeah, I knew that. One I just, spot, I just thought that... One it, place. Yeah, well, I thought that it might be a place that doesn't get wrecked from that first thing. Mm. And then it... I, I was thinking it's going to be something like Battle LA. Something like that. You know, some big... But it's better for not being that. Battle LA. That was it. Yeah. It's it's actually better for not being that. Um, and J.J. Abrams said it's like a blood relative to the first movie. It's not exactly a sequel to it. Whatever. But he really would like to make more stories in the same... Which I, I'm, I'm all for if it's as good as this. So yeah, I highly recommend it. It was thrilling the entire time. And when it turns really sci-fi, I was like, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is great. So uh, thanks to Paramount for the Blu-ray. If you want to enter a contest, you can. Uh, you can win Kill Your Friends. Go to aschoolie.com, win a copy of that on Blu-ray. Next week's review will be Zootopia from Disney. We'll be looking at that one. Fun. So, uh, movie recommendations. I am going on the theme of 10 Cloverfield Lane. Number one, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. A fantastic movie starring uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and um, that other guy. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. Uh, really, fun, really fun comic book movie. And it's not the kind of comic book that it's not Iron Man. It's this odd Canadian comic book that they made a cool movie that Edgar Wright did. And it's... Think about kick-ass kind of a... It's like watching a comic book come to life. It's, yeah. It's, and, and if you're into video games, it obviously uh, it references lots of video games. And my other one is a J.J. Abrams movie. Steven Spielberg, J.J. Abrams, Super 8. Which is a movie that reminds me of 10 Cloverfield Lane quite a bit because it's... Just where you get cocky. Yeah, it's smallish in scope. It's got flashbacks. It feels a bit like the 80s movies that Spielberg made. And it deals with an alien presence. Also good. Yeah, it's really good. So uh, I'm going with those two. My recommendations are going in line with the 2016 plan to tell you all the movies that I've ever seen that I'm keeping track of. There's the spiel. Let me get my glasses on so they can sweat right off my stupid nose. And they are starting... And I'm still in the A's. So I have... Armed and Dangerous. Not good. Army of Darkness. What is Armed and Dangerous? This one with Chevy Chase and... I don't, do not know it. Uh, Dan Belushi. Uh, John Army Belushi. of Darkness. You will love that one. Around the World in 80 Days. The original, not the newer one. Arthur. And the new Arthur. And Arthur on the Rocks. Seen all of them. And as good as it gets. What did you think of... Uh, Didn't like it that much. The second Arthur movie. You mean... The remake of no, Arthur? 
Or Arthur, Arthur on the rocks. Arthur 2 on the rocks. Mm, not great. Me but neither. I would have been I trying to be in love with it at the time. But you probably didn't love Arthur as much as I did. No, but... I, I watched Arthur as many times on VHS as I now watch Bob's Burgers. I would watch it over and over and over until I knew the words and I knew all the actions and I would just... Well, I would say exactly the same thing as what you do because we had the videotape of 10. Right. And I that's my Dudley Moore, like... Where I, I'm in love with Dudley oh, really? Moore. Really, was it Dudley Moore that you were watching in 10? <laughs> Not really. But, yeah, I didn't think so. Well, Dudley Moore is hilarious in that movie. Uh, but I watched 10 so much. That was a tape that was almost wore out. That, you know, as soon as yeah. it's happening, you're like yeah, saying yeah. the words with it. And, yeah. it I, and, you know, I could probably watch it now and it, it probably isn't that great. But it was <laughs> at the time. It was awesome, you know. So, uh, yeah, there's our movies for this week. Um, games that I've been playing. I've been playing some more Overwatch. I've talked about it already. It's fun. It's from Blizzard. You can pick it up. It's... Um, you shoot stuff, and uh, the characters are really fun. It's like, it's like Pixar. It's really fun. Even kids can play it because it's not like killing people. It's like firing stuff at people and they fall over. It's not. It's it's comic book. It's they're all characters. They're all funny. It's like it's just. It's not like Call of Duty where it's real serious and you're shooting people in the head. So anybody can play it because it seems like it's almost. I'd say like Lego, or. I mean, they're not shaped like Lego, but it's that kind of vibe. Everything's fun. Uh, so, yeah, that's Overwatch. Really cool. I've also been playing a little bit of the new Mirror's Edge this week. Do you remember Mirror's Edge? Yes. Do you remember how much I loved it? Yes. The original? Like, it was like a game... Like, there are occasionally games that I say, oh, this one speaks to me directly. And, and a lot of people might think it's shit. <laughs> but for me, that one, there's something really about... I love the heroine, Faith. I love the look of the world, white and red. It's really graphic design looking I like that kind of thing and this is uh, the sequel slash prequel slash reboot that's what they're calling it I don't really Whatever. understand what that means because <laughs> I played it separate it and play it and that's it yeah so what they've done instead of it being like A to B like it used to be you're a if you want to know what Faith is she's a parkour runner parkour from about 10 years ago yeah, but it's in the future, and and being a parkour person, you deliver data. Like, they're delivering data around the city really fast, and that it becomes a commodity. Do to people be, know what parkour is? It's, uh, yeah, running about and running up walls and jumping from things and being acrobatic. Basically being able to navigate above the city from building to building. Right, and she does it... On your feet. Yeah, and these people in the game, runners, Mirror's Edge, the city's called uh, the City of Glass... And it's a really cool looking city and they, they run above the city and they deliver this data and they're trying to it's it's very trite, it's like any sci fi thing. The uh the companies that own the city are very evil corporate and evil and you gotta try and take them down because you're hackers and stuff. So the second game's the same thing really. And Faith you know, at the beginning she's come out of prison. See, I don't understand... I really don't understand the timeline. I don't understand if the first one... Because they said it's a prequel, this one. It doesn't feel like it. It feels later. So I don't know really how it fits. But what they've done is they've made it open world, like Grand Theft Auto. Now, the first one's very scripted. It's a, it's a straight line, basically. You're like, here's the level. Go and do your acrobatics and get to the end of the level and you deliver your package or whatever. This one, it's a city that you can run around randomly as much as you want. And in the city, there's little missions you can pick up. Go and deliver this bag there, go and speak to this guy and take that thing here. I don't think that is makes this game better. Because mm. the straight line of the first game, they, they make it so you experience these awesome set pieces. So in the first game, 
there's you might be running off this building you slide down the edge you jump onto a helicopter the helicopter takes you onto a building you drop onto another there's moments like that all the time where it's so exciting it's like watching a movie in this because it's open world and they they're not taking you down a path you can do what you want. You can go over there and go over there and jump off that building. You can. There's not as many of those big action moments, like in a movie. Like how a movie works is, you see exactly the same movie as me. If they want you to see a helicopter chase, you see a helicopter chase. I see a helicopter chase. If we both play this new Mirror's Edge, you may never see a helicopter because you don't go looking for it or you never notice it. So I think the open worldness of this sequel makes it not as good, but. On the flip side of that, when you're running around and you're getting in the groove and you're running up the wall and you're sliding down the post and it all comes together and the music's playing, it feels really cool. So there is that. I haven't, I, I literally played a few hours of it, so I can't give you the full skinny on it. So it's uh, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, that's the title of it, it's out now. Uh, E3, the biggest thing of the video gaming thing for the whole year, actually starts tomorrow. So. I will next week talk about it. So, Sid Talk, before we both sweat to death, <laughs> what is for dinner? Tonight? Is it something cold? No, it will, oh. it will not be cold. <laughs> <laughs> Long answer. I uh, don't think so. Unless I really want to motivate and go get us some sandwiches. But as it is, it's going to be pasta with mushroom and vegetables, like a one pot thing. You're going to get it in a bowl or on your plate. That is it. Pasta, sauce, mushrooms, vegetables. That is it, because I cooked it earlier. Now the heat hopefully has dissipated. And we're going to watch uh, Sven Gulli. Yeah. The Pillow of Death. Pillow. The Pillow. It's just the Pillow. Yeah. And uh, my advice? Did you care about my advice? I didn't give it them, no. Do you care what it is? Yeah. It's very simple. It sounds really bleak. It sounds really like, oh, don't bring that up to me. That depresses me. But here it is. Don't forget about death. Right? Death is touchy subject for some people. But you can't... Like, as you get older, you think about your own, obviously. If you've had ill people in your family, you think about that, obviously. And you start having to think about... And I shouldn't just say don't forget about death. I should say don't forget about the logistics of death. Right? Now, if I were to just drop dead, that's pretty much I've done my part. Even if I get ill and linger and I'm sick for a long time, I'm still doing my part in the whole death scenario. Someone else is going to have to deal with all of the logistics. Someone else is going to have to sort through all my drawers of shit and decide whether to keep or throw away my clothes, whether or not to sell this or throw it in the dumpster. That's mine. Someone's going to have to fill in, you know, all the paperwork because death comes with paperwork. And then if it's your parent or your siblings are getting older or your spouse, whatever. You know, don't pretend it doesn't exist because then you're just delusional. If you face it head on and go, this is part of everything. You know, if someone is going to come to their end, then that means that they're... And it matters to you that it matters so much you don't want to think about it. That means that their life had so much impact on you. So why not think of it as a whole? The whole thing. 
from the beginning. If you go back and say it's your parents and they're, my parents are in their 70s. So I like to go back and look at pictures of them as children and then look at them with their siblings and they're all these old black and white pictures and to think and hear stories about them as children and about their mothers and then their mothers as children. Like, so I've thought about their life from the beginning. And now it's time for me to start thinking about their life through the end. Not that I want them to die, but that there's going to be an end. And I'll be a part of it unless I die first. And so to think about it rationally, kind of try to subtract the emotion and get some details from the parent or the spouse or whoever about, you know, what they want. It doesn't necessarily have to be written down or any of that. Like, you know... My mother's emphatic that she is going to have a metal bench where she's going. She wants to be cremated and put in a box and then buried, which I do not understand, but it's her ashes. And then a bench, like a big metal bench put at this hilltop old cemetery out in the country so that people can come sit there and look over the hill and look at the, you know. Okay, that's her plan that I think is respectful to then try to do that. But without knowing that, I wouldn't without having discussed it and openly joked about it even now I'll find a weird bench a cinder picture and I'll say is this is this one you want because this one's too expensive so we're not spending this kind of money on your bench you know that and we have that kind of thing not everybody has that but at least it's out there and we can you know when the time comes that's one less thing one tiny little less thing yeah that it's like a big giant brick that's made of a billion pieces just lands on your head and if you can sort out some of those pieces ahead of time, and then then really all you're left with is the emotion. You know, that would be my goal. Because you're going to be, you're not going to, you can't overthink that. You can't think your way out of that. You can't go, okay, when my parents die in 25 years, I will have done all the details, and we've sorted out the bills, and we've sorted out the insurance, and we've got the funeral all paid for. And I'll just go ahead and cry now, because then at the time, I won't have to worry about it. You can't do that. But you can do all the logistical stuff. Just don't ignore it. If you, if you can cope with it, I say, don't forget about it. It's, it's out there. It's, it's not, it's not avoidable. We'll all die. <laughs> we'll all die. <laughs> and whatever the circumstance, somebody else who cares about you is going to be dealing with the logistics. Now, my opinion is, well, when I'm dead, I'm really not going to have much to do with it. So it's not really going to bother me. You're going to have me. nothing to if do with it. If somebody has to go, <laughs> Let me just, oh my God. Really, really, <laughs> no, you true. can't have anything to do with it. I mean, if I've written down some instructions... You might be... ...that well, I'm sort of reaching out from the yeah, dead. Yeah, but they deadness. can ignore those if they want. <laughs> they can ignore I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, if I tell you that I want everything to go in a dumpster, I don't care if you sell it all, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's not going to affect me. But um, at least I'm, I, you know, it's there. It's a thing. It's a part of life. Don't forget about it. All right. So let me remind you about our website. It's ascully.com and sidsart.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the uh, Google Music Store. Just uh, open your Google Music app on your Android and you can find us in there. Search for After the Show. Do you talk faster? Because I'm really hot. You can uh, also <laughs> catch us on iTunes. Very easy to find it on there. You know what this means in I'm gonna television and movies? It means wrap it up. It's going longer. Wrap it up. <laughs> can uh, catch us just go to com. click on the word podcast you can subscribe listen on the page if you like you can email feedback to me at aschoolie.com don't email Sidtuck because she's too hot to type <laughs> I and am I keep sticking to the desk 
And uh, stay classy, Mr. Uh, Dan Trachtenberg. Very awesome first movie from him. You just send him a tweet and tell him that. I I think I will today. And I really look forward to seeing what he does next. Your tweet should say this. Seen every episode of the Totally Rad Show. Love your movie. Keep up the good work. There you go. I've drafted your tweet for you. (laughs) I uh, am. And I'm going to (laughs) say... That's that's not a very good tweet. That's great. It's it's nice, but it's... it's, What's it supposed to say? Supposed to be clever or something. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna have to think harder for you then. Uh, and I'm gonna say, think for yourself, or I will do it for you. 